Tall Tales and True is produced on Wurundjeri, Yagara and Turrbal land, and I'd like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Anyone who joins an outlaw motorcycle club wants to let go of themselves. Before I joined, I was down and out, with little to lose, abusing drugs and running wild on the suburban streets of Melbourne. By my late 20s, I'd been to more funerals than weddings. I thought what I was involved in was rebellion. In reality, the delusion was a cloud of self-destruction. I'm Amud Fazal, and to close out this series of Tall Tales and True, here's a story about my own rebellious days and the tragedy that changed everything. I thought I would include this story because it's about where the turbulence of that road leads. I performed this story on Wurundjeri land for Better Offset, eulogies for the living and dead. What's up? I got, I got roped into this a few days ago, so cut me some slack. Got a phone, not a piece of paper. So forgive, forgive me for retreating behind this bit of technology. Um, but I'll do my best. Anyway, uh, I know this isn't a eulogy, but I remember um, posting one of Real K's eulogies on Instagram when my grandmother died. It was on... Uh, the last day of August in 2015. Uh, He writes, are you still here? Are you standing in some corner? If you are still here with me, if in this darkness there is still some place where your spirit resonates on the shallow sound waves stirred up by my voice, hear me, help me. When I was in uh, northern Bali um, riding dirt bikes in the jungle, uh, I discovered a route to the northern coast of Lovina, where the dolphins appear at sunset. And there was, this, um, there was this butterfly that would show up at the same time whenever I rolled around to these grey rocks by the seaside. Uh, for, for this exercise, um, the words I wish I'd said aren't for my grandmother because I was fortunate enough to be by her side throughout those long days uh, until her life came to a close. While waiting for her to pass at the Monash Hospital, I received a call from my cousin. Um, And it's it's so strange to hear a loved one scream in heart-tearing agony. Uh, He was telling me there were police everywhere he was telling me about the death of my best friend. Uh, Omer's parents found him laying in a pool of blood when they returned home from Woolworths. A 22-millimeter a, a bullet had been fired through his eye and rattled around his head. He was gone in that moment. What did that sound like? An echo of time until the ghost-like vanishing. It's in such quiet moments that we fall on our faith. The Quran says, What is this life of this world except its deception? 
its dream, its illusion. To believe in the dream, you have to be asleep. Ali ibn Abu Talib says, you're asleep. And when death comes, you wake up. I woke up after a phone call. The last person Omar spoke to on the phone, moments before his time came, he spoke with me. I was sitting at a Nando's with the president of the Outlaw Motorcycle Club that I was rolling around with. What should I have said? We spoke briefly. Uh, we planned on eating oysters, scoring gear, and popping bottles at Crown Casino. Toward the end of the conversation, he said something I didn't quite catch, something about a trophy. I still haven't made sense of it. But I remember saying, I'll speak to you later, brother, thinking he was trying to speak in code. I didn't have the words for him. The world around me had degenerated into a climate of foggy violence. There were run-throughs, kidnappings, shootings and murders. In pockets of Melbourne, it's not uncommon for people to be armed. It's something we prefer not to think about. Where do these guns come from? What's their race and creed? And as I go back to that phone call, I imagine the gun dissolving in Omar's hands like sand before he has an opportunity to pull the trigger. I hear a scream blow out from his mouth while expecting to hear the gun go bang. In my memories, his face is always static, just like the last time I saw him before we bathed his body beneath the mosque, so empty, so pure. I imagine telling him to put it down, brother, but it's a firearm and it burns up. In the glow of that final shot, I try and reach him with these words. It's too late. The light's gone out for him, but there's plenty of time and words we can leave for the others. The poet Les Murray writes, nothing is said until it's dreamed out in words. And Nietzsche writes, that for which we can find words is something already dead in our hearts. I should have told Omar on the phone, that thing you've got, brother, put it away. Take it to the forest and bury it. I had heard his gun was haunted and I didn't speak out. I still have nightmares of loading handguns with mouldy bullets. The mould stretches up my arm and sinks deep into my neck until I shout for help. I want to tell Omar to look into my meth-pinned eyes and see, see through me for who I was. I was no good. I didn't interrupt him. I didn't interrupt him enough when I should have. I thought being a mate meant the boys were always right. I thought loyalty meant never question the motive. I thought courage was about being unfazed by the consequences. Sometimes the things we think will protect us end up doing the opposite. Sometimes we aim these guns at each other, as happened in the shootings of my friends, 
This happened in the shooting death of Abu Hasna, the shooting death of Harun, the shooting death of Qadir, the shooting death of Nowrozi, and the shooting death of Zabir. But your story was different. There was one in the chamber. The firearm smoked you out before we could learn, as we always learn and as we always speak, when we have to, when it's too late. I wish I could hold my hand out and ask him to give me his gun or if he would come with me to those woods out there and bury it among the wildlife. Thank you. That was me, Mahmoud Fazal, when I was live on stage in Melbourne for Better Off Said, eulogies for the living and dead. Better Off Said is a spoken word event celebrating stories and human experiences. Presented by Emily Zoe Baker and Marie Hardy. For more information, check out their website, betteroffsaid.com.au. A big thank you to our incredible live storytelling partners, Queer Stories, Spun Stories and Better Off Said. These stories were recorded throughout the country on the lands of the Gadigal, Wurundjeri and Larrakia peoples, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. There are heaps of other amazing live storytelling events across Australia and online, so find out what's happening wherever you are, and if there isn't anything in your town, why not start your own event and let us know? The producer of this season of Tall Tales and True is Kim Lester, our studio engineer is Emrys Cronin. Our executive producer and the manager of ABC Audio Studios is Justine Kelly. I've been your host, Mahmoud Fazal. And before you go, make sure you check out the Tall Tales and True back catalogue because there are so many more amazing stories to listen to here. People sometimes ask me if I ever feel coerced into sex work. Does it ever feel unconsensual? I can safely say that having a three-hour threesome with my ex that I never wanted to see again in my life, for free, was the only time it ever felt that way. You see, I've been married, and that midwinter day in Queensland in 1975 <laughs> remains the most bizarre day of my life, <laughs> by a long, long way. And I forgot all my manners and all my pleasantries, and I opened that door without knocking, Unclicked his seatbelt, pulled him out, saw his wallet on the side door, grabbed his wallet, flipped it open, looked at his ID and started demanding for his insurance details. That's Tall Tales and True. And you know where to find it, on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. <laughs>